0: Love, Talk Radio.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. Today, I'm going to be chatting with author and fellow brain injury survivor, Hope Elcaser. This episode is brought to you by Minnesota Functional Neurology a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion rehabilitation, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health rehabilitation in Minnesota. They have greatly helped me and many others in the Twin Cities. You can find them online at MN functionalneurology.com. Hi, everyone. I am Amy Zellmer, and you are listening to the Faces of TBI podcast series, a podcast series created by survivors for survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury one podcast at a time. To those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Brain Injury Advisory Council. I recently released my first book, Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal. You can learn more about me at facesoftbi.com, and you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer. Today, our guest is Hope Alcacer. Hope was Chicago-born, Michigan-raised, and is a Midwest export who fell in love with New York City three years ago and currently resides in Brooklyn. At age 22, she launched a Women's Empowerment online magazine while simultaneously managing a remote-based media firm servicing international clients in the music, fashion, lifestyle, and tech industries. Her newest project is the release of her first novel, Where Hope Lies, a fictional story inspired by true events in her own life. The book was released on International Women's Day and has sparked national attention, capturing the hearts and unbridled spirits of women from all walks of life. So Hope, welcome to the show. So glad to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I was hoping that was you that called in. I was like, okay, well, it's go time. Here we are. <laughs> Sorry about so, that. I had issues huh? logging in. You know, and that happened. And My podcast earlier this week, I couldn't. My Internet, like, chose that exact <laughs> moment to wig out, and I couldn't bring my guest on. So I'm sitting here resetting my Internet on my laptop while trying to talk. Oh, and no. you know how multitasking can be. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for being here, Hope. Um, so I, I, um, you, you graciously sent me a copy of your book, Where Hope Lies, and I devoured it in like a day and a half. I read it in the bathtub. So <laughs> um, glad to hear it. <laughs> and when you originally reached out to me, I was looking for um, fellow TDI survivors who would written a book. And you read out to me stating that your piece is fictional and it wasn't really about brain injury, but you'd had a brain injury and that was sort of the underlying theme in the book. And I thought that that was fabulous because you're taking your brain injury in a different direction um, and sharing it differently, um, yet at the same time still raising some awareness. Um, So I would love for you to kind of, Explain to our listeners how your book came to be and, um, and give us a little bit of background about you and your brain injury. So when I was 17 years old, um, I
0: had a horrible case of pneumonia and I went to get, it's, it's really crazy how this came about, I went to get uh, medication to combat that and um, I'm extremely allergic to a particular set of antibiotics and I was still given a family of those antibiotics, which allowed for a horrific medical reaction. Um, And that, coupled with a very high fever, coupled with a couple other factors, led me to have my first grandma seizure. Um, And after that, there was just a very unfortunate series of events that took place over those 24 hours to follow that led to me having short-term memory loss, hitting my head one too many times, and then the series of seizures uh, really triggered, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of, like I said, horrific things. And then also, um, moderate brain damage. And then, like I said, short term memory loss. So, um, after that point, I was in cognitive rehab for about nine months. Um, and fortunately this all took place right before my ACTs. I was, I was doing high school. No. For years. I was Yes, yeah, yeah. I was a go-getter. I was ready to take on the world. I, I, like I said, I did high school in three years instead of four. And cause I was just so excited to go to college. I was going to go for psychology and then be a dance therapist. Um, I had all these aspirations, all these dreams. Um, and then I get back to school and I'm sitting in front of my ACT prep. And it was like, I had never studied. And it was, it was just, I, I'll never forget that day. Um, and I went from being a 4.0 student, Altra High School. I graduated with a 3.7, I believe, which some may say, well, that's so great, but for Hope Alcasar, it wasn't great because that was not who I was. Right. Um, mm-hmm. What's What's really interesting with my brain injury is before it, I was a mathematical, science, not very black and white, very textbook learner. Um, very practical, very analytical. After my brain injury, I had this thirst for the arts. I had this thirst for writing, for dance, um, for all sorts of art. And it 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 altered who I was, and in obviously some ways very negatively, you know, with the health issues and the hormonal imbalances and such. But in that same breath, it brought out a different version of myself that I'm very thankful for. Um, and so I began writing because I was so angry at why did this happen? Right, right on the yeah. top of me about to going out into the real world, why did this happen? And so, you know, my mom and my therapist and my, uh, my speech therapist, they're like, just start writing. And, and it could be, you know, little glimpses I'm feeling this today, blah, 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 just get it out so that you're not harnessing all that anger. So I did that mm-hmm. for, for several I did that for several years um, all throughout I, I was dealing with brain injury symptoms all throughout college. Uh, many seizures, hormonal imbalance, weight gain, mental mental health started creeping in with anxiety and depression, and feeling very suicidal. Um, and I found myself in a relationship with um, my best guy friend, and he was overseas and uh, in Afghanistan. And instead of telling him, Hey, I'm going through this living hell right now, I started blogging and I would write all these entries as though I was speaking to him. Um, but I didn't let him read it yet cause I didn't want him to feel burdened with everything I was going through. And when he returned home, I ended up, you know, showing him the blog, giving him the password, like this is what I was, uh, this is what I was working on when you were gone. And while he and I, um, we got engaged and it did not work out, which you'll read about in this fictional story based on my life. <laughs> um, I, en- I ended up turning all of those, many of those entries as the baseline for my novel. So yes, it's fictional. There's many pieces of it that are fictional. However, it is very much inspired by true, true life events, you know, the trauma, the love, the heartbreak. Um, and that's how this book came to be. So it's very close to my heart. Um, and I did have a couple authors, excuse me, for it to be published through a publishing company, but I wanted the story to remain very much how I had written it. Um, it, was, Like I said, it's very close to my heart and soul, and so I wanted to see it true with all the pieces
1: of the truth that I wanted to see written about. So that's the, the, the story behind it. Yeah, you know, and I think that's a piece of publishing that people don't um, you know, if you're not in the publishing world you don't you don't even know that. But if you go through a traditional publisher, um they essentially have the final say on what your book says. Um so when it is something near and dear to you, you want to be the one having that final say. Um and your book Absolutely. definitely is near and dear to you. So I want to just jump back to your brain injury when you were 17. Um, and so your brain injury is essentially caused by the medication, correct? Um, yeah. So you were given the antibiotics. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that's a form of brain injury that people forget about um, is these uh, medication – reactions, or people are even often given the wrong dose of medication that can cause brain damage. Um, And so you said you started having seizures in the hospital. Um, Do you still have seizures now or has that cleared up? I don't. Thankfully they cleared up. I have
0: them on and off um, from 2005 all the way to 2012. Um, And I mean, it was And also I had debilitating migraines from my head injury to the point where I couldn't get out of bed. Um, And that was just life-altering. I had debilitating migraines for about three and a half, four years. I had to actually stop driving. Um, So much independence was taken from this head injury, or because because of this head injury, excuse me. Um, It's just been a long road. Um, In the last couple years, I have really taken taken a hold of my life and mind-body balance and really figure out, okay, what is the magic solution or formula so that I can have a real life and not go backwards and not experience symptoms from the past. I'm very blessed. I know some people, you know, for the rest of their lives, they're dealing with certain things. And, and I've been blessed to be able to find a certain quotient that, you know, I'm not experiencing that
1: on a regular basis. hmm Yeah, you know, and the the body-mind balance that you just mentioned is so important. And I think it's often overlooked, especially in the early years at in recovery or the early months. Um, it's really hard to see any positive. Um, you know, like, for instance, you were in a rehab program for nine months, you know, that it's challenging to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, I know for me, um, I had a lot of physical injuries on top of my brain injury. And so physical activity was hard. Um, I couldn't – I had a dislocated oh, sure. sternum, had a lot of torn muscles in my neck. And, and so I couldn't, like, do anything. Carrying in the groceries, like, made me take a nap. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And, you know, and and yet I knew that I needed to – get some physical activity back into my life in order to feel better, right? We need to get our bodies moving. We need to get the oxygen flowing and, um, you know, meditation helps, yoga, you know, even just going for a walk in nature. And I think sometimes those, those things are really hard to do when you're in that space. And, and you know, like you said, you had debilitating migraines. And I lived in a brain fog for 15 months. I mean, like, 24-7 brain fog, and oh my gosh. it's so incredibly challenging. <laughs> yeah, right? It's just, it's so, so challenging, um, and I know many, many brain injury survivors live with headaches and brain fog. It's, you know, that's very high up there on the symptom chart. Um, were there anything that helped you with your migraine? Like, did you do any Botox or any medication for it? Um, Or did you just tough it out, so to speak?
0: Yeah, this might sound a little, um, I ignorant on my part, because I know there's so many amazing medications out there for people that have gone through what we have. Because mine was medication and use, I was so stubborn, Mm. and this was younger me. This was me 10 years ago, so I don't know if I'd still be this way. But I would not touch another medicine. Oh, I can totally I, get that. I, I just was like, <laughs> absolutely not. I, this, this altered my life. I'm going to trust someone. And, again, yes. my situation is very different than mine. So I had always been brought up in a very natural, holistic home. And so from day one, mm-hmm. that is how I attacked this. So I was at the chiropractor twice a week. I was getting biofeedback three times a week. Um, I was doing brain therapy. Uh, my mom's actually an occupational therapist, and so she does uh, brain gym. So we were working on that constantly together. Um, meditation, yoga, and also, I don't know how your listeners feel about this, but just the power of positive thinking. I mean, I had affirmations yes. speaking to my, my strengths. I will get over this brain fog, this migraine, you know, like about my migraines, about my depression, about my anxiety, I would look in the mirror several times a day and just have an alarm on my phone to look in the mirror and remind myself that I am capable, I am strong. Because so much of this is a mind over matter situation. I mean, it is the brain is the the control center of your entire body. So if if you don't love it and are not speaking positivity to it and about yourself, I feel like it's just a slippery slope of just self-loathing and depression. Um, So I was healed and treated entirely naturally. I also found um, in two thousand eleven, beginning of twenty twelve, I was still dealing with these migraines. I mean it was like my brain was on fire. That's the only way I can put it to you. Just something internal my yeah. skull, inside my skull is on yes. fire. And we went to a, a national path in Chicago and she's like, give up gluten and I just looked at her and I'm like, I've never had a problem with gluten before. Why are you saying this? I don't break out, like nothing like that. And she's like Gluten is a neurotoxin. She's like, I could be wrong. Try it for six months. And that was the last piece of the puzzle. I gave up gluten. And within six, maybe seven months, I was back on the road after being off the road for three and a half years. My my migraines are 98% gone. They only come back if I'm stressed out or eat gluten. Um, And I had no idea gluten was a neurotoxin. And so giving up that sort of stuff in my life was really a game changer as well. But it inflames the nerve endings. I had no idea. I'm sure you know this. I'm sure a lot of your listeners know this. I was like, are you kidding me? Like bread can be giving me a mind brain. Right.
1: And um, the brain gut connection and I had no idea until like probably two and a half years into my recovery. I had no idea, like, what's a brain-gut connection (laughs) and how gluten (laughs) can really, like you said, it's a neurotoxin. And I know for some people, um, dairy is another one that affects... um, that blood-brain barrier for them. Um, So, yeah, diet is huge and positive thinking. I preach that all the time. Um, You know, you hear people, oh, God, this sucks. I'm never going to get better. And you're never going to get better if that's your attitude. I mean, as much as it does suck at times, you do still have to put out that that positive energy that, okay, I'm going to beat this, I'm going to get over this, and, I have people in my Facebook group that are just so inspiring. There is a guy that has been learning how to walk for three years and he does not give up every single day. He is posting a video of him walking. Um, And, you know, it's just so inspiring. Um, And, you know, everybody has their journey and, you know, everyone has their journey and we all have a different, you know, what works for you, Hope, might not work for me and vice versa. Um, but there's always something out there to try and like you said you did biofeedback, you changed your diet, um, I forget the other thing you said you did, I thought there was something else. Um, having a mom who's an occupational therapist, that was like a godsend, <laughs> she knew what to do with you right oh, away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she, she does brain gym, I
0: don't, know if you're, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but at first and she's like, you know, make figure eights and, and we would do, you know, coloring and yes, stuff like that, I mean, at twenty one years old, twenty two years old, I'm looking at her like mom, are you kidding me? You know, I was so I was so pig headed about it at first, but it worked to do that that connection that had been starting to lack. And hand eye coordination and you know, simple things mm-hmm. we take for granted. Simple movements like like what brains and brings to the table can be a game changer. So that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so um this is, what, your accident or your injury was in 2005, so 12 years ago. Um, and so back then, I'm guessing, you know, like the whole school accommodations kind of didn't really exist yet, plus you probably didn't even know what was happening with you when you went to take those ACTs, and you, you, you're like... Did I even study for this? <laughs> um, you know, so at that time, you know school accommodations didn't exist we We probably didn't really know nearly as much as we know now. um Did you end up going on to college at that time?
0: yeah, you know you're you're right on the money with accommodations being i mean they were they were definitely there um but they were. Not really talked about, and it was more there was more of a negative connotation that went along with needing assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, I was mm-hmm. obviously enrolled with a disability with the disability department, which to me at the time, being a high teenager, needing tutoring, I was just like, Are you? You know, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. In time, I did do it. Um, I did go on to college. I did go on. I did get. Uh, I did go for psychology. I'm obviously not doing psychology. Um, I. I just did not want to go on and put myself through another challenge of more school because school was very difficult. It took me um, five years for a four-year program Um, and tutoring and Mm -hmm. having to retake classes all along the way. But at that time I had it in my head that I was going to get this bachelor degree. I was going to finish. In hindsight, I think I should have been a little more gentle and loving on myself and saying, you know, your path's a little different now because factors have changed, uh, but I was very stubborn in, in making sure I still went on to school and, you know, going to public university and all that. I did definitely have help and assistance, you know, extra time on tests. If I was really lucky, I would get a professor. I'd, like, meet, you know, meet with them before the semester and say, hey, I'm dealing with this brain injury. Can I, can I show you that I've learned the material through an essay? Or, you know, uh, a presentation. And some of them were more likely to do that than others. But, yeah, it was, it's crazy how far we've come in just the last decade with yeah. accommodations and, and learning. It's, it's insane.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we really have come a long way. But yet at the same time, there's still so much more to understand. And I know I, I have several friends with children in high school And some schools have been amazing at accommodating. And then other schools are like, I don't get it. They just hit their head, you know, like kind of snooty and rude and not willing to work with, even though the doctor's saying, you know, that the child needs accommodation. So, you know, we're kind of, I feel like we're right at the cusp. I feel like there's so much awareness starting to really boil over right now Um, I think it's going to be really interesting in the next five years um, to see where all this awareness goes Um, I think right now is a really pivotal time in brain injury and concussion Um, I don't know if if you're seeing that as well you know you've been in it a lot longer than me I've only been in it three years Um, but I, I just feel like something's kind of happening right now there's a shift taking place do you feel that
0: I do, I, and I think it's not just even with with uh, brain injuries, but just anything brain-related or, or, like, spinal cord. My, my brother, unfortunately, suffered a spinal cord yeah. injury three years ago. He was in a motorbike accident, and, like, just that whole industry um, or sector, I should say, is really saying, hey, maybe what worked before isn't working what can we change? And also natural and alternative medicine is really becoming more and more prominent and widely they it. And I feel like maybe mainstream medicine and natural medicine are finally looking at each other and saying, okay, what can we do to help one another? Can we mm-hmm. blend the two? Um, like I said, my mom's an occupational therapist, and I'm, I'm seeing that as she's talking about what's going on in the healthcare industry and just there's more of a level of acceptance. It's not ideal. It's not optimal yet, but we're definitely getting there.
1: Mhm. Yeah, and it sounds like your mom is more into like the functional medicine, the full body approach, you know. She had to doing figure eights and eye tracking and all that all that and um that's that is what really helped me was when I finally I found a functional neurologist. Um and I hadn't been given any sort of – the only therapy I was given up to the point when I met him was craniosacral therapy, which that was amazing. Um, But it didn't, like, help my other symptoms. It just cleared up my brain fog. Um, And then functional neurology took a look and was like, okay, you've got, you know, left side problems with your arm and your leg not working together and You know, like all this stuff that I didn't even realize was happening with me because your brain controls everything. I mean, it's so fascinating. You know, like we were talking about the brain-gut connection and, you know, your brain controls your eyes. It controls your heart. It controls everything in our body. Um, And when it's been damaged, it only makes sense that other systems have also been damaged. Um, So that whole whole body approach. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I say it's like you drop your laptop and you don't expect it to work properly again, right? Like, so why would you expect the yeah, brain? Yeah, To be a hundred percent. That's definitely the analogy I use when I'm
0: talking to people that don't understand. Like, okay, the brain is the motherboard. Yeah. It, is, it is. the control center of the computer. If you damage that, the keyboard's not going to work. The screen's going to flicker. It. You know. Right. The power cord may not register. Yes. In. in People don't realize, so I I truly believe it takes more than just one method or one singular thing to heal an injury or Mm -hmm. to allow you to, you know, have a better quality of life. It's really looking at the bigger picture and supporting different areas of your body and your life so that you can function more normally than, than obviously the original impact, if at all
1: possible. Well, Hope, we're down to the last. Five minutes, and I want to talk about your book a little bit. Um, Your book is, what, what, what do you classify it as? What category would you consider it? Uh, I call it
0: Chicklet because I don't know many guys yeah, that really want to exactly read That's exactly what I would have said. Um, unless they're like <laughs> trying to like get on my good side, they're like, "Oh, I want to read your book." I'm like, "No, you don't. You're a dude. It's about love and girl stuff. Like, you don't want to read this." Um, so I would definitely classify yeah. it as chicklit. Uh, it's also been called. I believe Amazon has it on as women's contemporary fiction. Um, Barnes and Noble has it in the same mm-hmm. category. So. Um, it's also been called the book of empowerment, which was never really the intent, but I'm totally okay with that. Um and when people say women's <laughs> empowerment yeah, say? I, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I never like to be, you know, classified as like a feminist by any that implies that like, you know, girls are better than boys and I don't think that's the case. I think we're on this planet for a reason and we're equals. However, um there are definitely lessons and themes of women's empowerment woven into the book just because of what the main character Chloe goes through. And that's, you know, lessons of do I follow his dreams, do I follow my own, I'm struggling, do I help others before I help myself, Um, do I take a stand, or do I do what everyone else around me is telling me to do? So I think it's it's definitely within the women's lifestyle or, you know, women's contemporary fiction type of
1: category. Mm Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, I devoured it. I, I really, I couldn't put it down. And I, you know, I'm not typically a lit fan, um, I'm, I, but your book really, it, caught, it captivated me. And I could feel all oh, your emotions you. and your feels as I was reading it. Um, and so I just want to make sure our reader or our listeners um, the link to your book is in the show notes. Um, I have the Amazon link. So anyone that's interested in checking that out can definitely go to the show notes and click on that. And we, um, any final words of wisdom for our listeners' hopes? Just to keep going, um, you've survived all
0: of your bad days up until this point. You're going to continue to survive them. And I know I remember so clearly in the pits of, of my hell that I was going through, I thought there's absolutely no way I'm going to make it out of it. And there's mm-hmm. always light at the end of the tunnel. And I know that's so easier to have been done, um, but you just cannot give up and there are better days ahead. And you're, you're normal, you're happy, maybe different than pre-injury, but there is a better, a
1: better life waiting for you. You just have to keep going. Yeah, I love that. And I love that your name is Hope. (laughs) You have a message of Hope. You know. (laughs) Thank you. I I can't really be negative Um, with the name like the one I (laughs) have. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, Hope, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you taking the time to um, chat with our listeners. And I wish you so much luck with your book. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed the show. I hope that you found it very inspiring um, like I did. And I hope that you will join us again in the future. You can find all the upcoming podcasts at blogtalkradio.com spaces of TBI. And just another thank you to our sponsor, Minnesota Functional Neurology, the concussion doctors you can trust for Comprehensive Brain Health Rehabilitation in the Midwest. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. And thanks again for everyone for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of my journey. I hope that you've enjoyed today's show, and I hope that you will join us again next time. Thank you, everyone, and have a great day.